Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast with your host, me, Chanel Patrice Hancock, here in Akron, Ohio. It's January 6, 2020, if you can believe it, the sixth day of the year. It seems like time is just flying by real quickly. However, I'm enjoying this time because, well, it's the beginning of the year. It's a new start for everybody, myself included, especially in regards to language learning. And I definitely understand why people want to start over in during the year and decide, okay, I want to lose weight or I want to change my job prospects or I want to learn a new language. And that's a really cool thing to want to do, especially when it's a new year, it's a fresh start, you can start over, you can let go of all the mistakes that you've made, um, you know, all the trials and tribulations you might have had to endure in regards to, you know, life in general, work, etc., and this is just the perfect time to just really decide what it is you want to do for 2020 and how you want to make it the best year possible. And when it comes down to language learning, you know, a lot of people want, I don't know, to boost their vocabulary or learn more phrases or even read a book. But a lot of times people want to travel. And today's episode is going to be about that. Should you travel abroad to learn a language? But before I get to today's topic, I would like to thank the sponsors of the show Anchor.fm. You guys rock. I have to say, having you sponsor The podcast is amazing. It's been 11 months since you started sponsoring um, Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast here on Anchor, and I really appreciate it more than you know. And I'm almost at my goal, you guys, of reaching 100 countries. All I need is four more, and I'll have 100. I have 96 countries. And it's amazing since... Starting my podcast on the 3rd of May 2018, taking a little bit of a break and then starting with my friend Dana um, as the first interview, I've done pretty well. I've gotten 96 countries in 37 states here in the U.S., so I'm very, very happy and I thank everybody for listening, subscribing, supporting the podcast. I really appreciate it. Now, let's get to today's episode where I talk about traveling. And is it necessary for you to be able to be more proficient in a language? Well, you know, there are a lot of my friends out there in the polyglot community that say that it is and then there are some that say that you really don't need to in order to learn a language 
I think it just depends on the individual. Now, mind you, I didn't travel to Mexico to learn Spanish. I learned it in college 20 years ago. Um, I learned sign language from a friend when I was a child. You know, I taught myself basic Dutch, Italian, Hindi, Cantonese, Turkish, Thai, and French myself. You know, just using auditory information and tools such as memories and colloquial languages and Michelle Thomas and Mango languages, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, music and movies in order to learn the languages that I've already learned to certain degrees of proficiency. I never had to travel outside the country. You know, I always would run into people here in Ohio that spoke these languages. So I really didn't need to leave the country. But that's just me, though. I mean, a lot of people would say, well, Chanel, I think this is more beneficial because I'll be able to be exposed to the language. I'll be able to have the opportunity to speak the language. Well, 95% of the time when people go to another country, they're not necessarily speaking the language. They're staying in their own bubble of friends that speak English or whatever their native tongue may be. And, you know, it's called an expat bubble. And it's sad because you miss out on a lot of opportunities to be able to connect with people. Now, I'm not saying that every country you go to, you're going to find people that are going to be friendly enough to speak with you. I mean, I know for me personally, realistically, people don't have time for you to look at phrases on the phone in order for you to start speaking with them. They need to know what you want right here, right now, in a timely manner, because they have things that they have to do and lives that they have to live. And so, therefore, I have seen where people have said, I've gone into a restaurant and I've looked on my phone to say this, this, and this before even trying to work on that phrase or that particular set of vocabulary beforehand. So then when they got up to the counter at the store that they wanted to go to, they could just say what they needed to say and be done with it. I see a lot of times that people put a lot of emphasis on let's travel to the country. Well, okay, so you want to travel to the country for two weeks for a vacation. Well, if that's going to be a goal of yours, just learn like the 500 basic words you need to know and the phrases that correspond with those words and you'll be okay. You'll be able to get by. But if you're talking about I want to be native, that's going to take years um depending on the the language. If it's Russian or Mandarin Chinese or Arabic, that's going to take about a year, a year and a half, 2 years. It just depends on how much time you're willing to put into it and you know how many resources you have available to you you in order to be able to use them you know, correctly for your particular goals. Now, you can go 
over to another country because of education purposes. You want to study, which is a great thing. Um, usually you have to be B1, B2 in order to be able to study at a university, which means you have to be like 2010 to 2020, which is year three, year four, um, in regards to, um, learning the language, uh, in the rest of the grammar, the the past tense, the future tense, um, you know, you're starting to read more, you're starting to write more, but you're still not native. And let's say you reach B- C1, for instance. Well, C1's great. That's wonderful. You know, you you can really maneuver around in the language very well. You You own it, even though you might make a little bit of mistakes, but you're able to listen to lectures in the target language. You're able to listen to people and paraphrase and write papers and read literature and and watch the news. And once you can do all that, um, you know, B2 is always a great place to end if you want. But if you want to teach the language, like, um, not at a beginner level, but you want to be college professor. That's a C2. You want to be a doctor in the language or a lawyer in the language or an accountant. You you need to be able to um, know that language just as well as a native speaker would know it. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that when you travel to the country that, you know, people are going to be happy to want to speak at first because they don't know you so you have to start a rapport with people slowly i know in russia you can't just go up to a russian person um and just be like hi how are you they don't their social interaction with people um is quite different You know, they don't show as much affection on the subway or the aftobusi or the taxi or even when they're walking down the street. You know, if you're smiling, if you're talking loud, they find that to be um, quite rude. And I mean, I have friends that have traveled on the metro, which is the train, um, on... um, in Moscow, you know, in certain parts of Russia. And they've said, you know, they don't really do a lot of talking like Americans do or people in in Western Europe. So because of that, um, you know, if you're talking, they, they know that you're not from Moscow or Russia. You know, their behavior is just quite different. Yet... If you did ask for help, it, they would help you. That That is true. But don't think that you're going to be best friends right away. It, relationships have to be established slowly. And I've, I've um, understood that right away when I was making friends online. And they are very encouraging about you speaking their language. It's not like 
they're rude or, you know, they're just really happy to know that you want to learn their language. Now, of course, the first thing any country you go to, why are you learning their language for? A lot of it isn't because they want to be rude. It's because they're just curious to know why. And that's understandable. I mean, I get that every time I learn a language. Why do you want to learn Hindi or Levantine? Well, this is why. I want to learn more about the culture and the people, the politics, the food, the fashion, the music. And those are the things that I'm interested in. That doesn't mean I'm going to Beirut tomorrow. But we have a lot of Lebanese people here in Akron, so I'm able to practice at restaurants and short um, conversational um, exchanges for free. And people are very patient and very nice about it. So, yes, you can travel to another country if you wanted to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to learn the language right away. Um, I would go with a strong, at least A two B one foundation in the language before I even step foot in that particular country, just because you want to be able to navigate like a normal person would navigate their city. You know, you want to be able to read the signs. You want to be able to, you know, ask for a ticket, you know, to get on a bus or a train. You want to be able to pay for your items at a store with the currency that you have. And money, knowing money is important. Knowing the different denominations are important. Knowing the days of the week and what time it is. And those things are extremely important. You know, having a conversation about politics isn't something you're going to do if you're only going to be somewhere for two weeks. And so, you know, I I always say, you know, if you want to go for an exchange, a cultural exchange, and you want to help people, you know, learn English, that's a good way to be able to increase your level of language um, progression while you're there, a lot of reading. The good thing about other countries is that they have the books that you probably have read in English or whatever your native tongue is. In that language, you'll be able to buy them for little or nothing, and you'll be able to do a lot of reading. I would read authors that would be from that country that you never heard of because you might not be able to find them on the internet very well, depending on who the author is and how, you know, popular they may be or not. Um, you know, I would look at things such as, okay, what's the crime rate in that country? You know, what do I need to look for if I'm going over to that country to learn a language? You know, how safe is it for me as a woman? It's in particular, if you have a disability. Um, you know, what are the rights there? All these things are very important when you're going over to a country, especially if you're going to immerse yourself even further in the target language for which you're studying. A lot of polyglots really don't talk about that because, you know, it's not something that some people may have experienced, but some people may have not experienced the same experiences of of dealing with theft or dealing with, you know, um, loss of a passport or loss of luggage or whatever. So, I mean, I know someone that went to Taiwan and they have been studying Chinese for a while and 
they didn't know how to order food. But they learned very quickly while they were there how to order food. You know, they were forced to have to speak the language most of the day because, you know, they were giving lectures in the language and they were with the host family. So there was a trade-off of English, them learning English and this person improving upon their Chinese. And it was, you know, when they came back after five weeks, they were like, I improved, but there was so much I did not know. And I said, well, you know, you can study at, at a university and take classes and all that, but unless you're able to, like, really use it and and really know what is necessary for you to know before you get there, it can be quite daunting. And that's with any language that you learn. I mean, I try to learn as much information as I can before even stepping foot into a country. Because you need to know the laws. You need to know, you know, what your rights are. Um, you know, because you're t- you might be a tourist or you might be a student or you might be moving there for work purposes or you might have found love. There are plenty of reasons as to why people go over to other countries in order to expand their knowledge of the target language for which they're studying. And so with that in mind, you c- kind of have to be you know, a lot more um, prepared in advance for all kinds of situations that you wouldn't normally have to be prepared for in your native country because you already know the rules and regulations of how everything works because you're from the country of your, your birth origin. But when it comes down to traveling to another country where you know hardly anything except for basic language skills, that's when it's time for you to start thinking about the laws, the customs, how they dress, how they interact with each other. It's, there's so much more to it than I want to speak a language. And I think sometimes this topic is not addressed as much in the polyglot community as it should be. You know, people always give the um, examples of, you know, all the good things that happened to them when they were over in another country, whether it's Latin America, whether it's Russia or China or India. And you never hear about situations where, you know, someone got themselves in a sticky situation. I probably heard one person so far talk about their trials and tribulations that they had when they went to Latin America and and how they had to cross the border, you know, and how they were turned away and they had to go back and get another passport. It, it, It just, you know, the list goes on and on. And so, You know, when you're learning a language, take in mind that you want to know more information instead of less. And make sure you learn how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to deal with money and currency. Those are the first things you need to know when you're traveling. Um, 
you know, yes, introducing yourself, telling where you're from and why you're learning, that's great. But if you can't function in that society while you're there, a lot of your time is going to be wasted with bits and pieces of conversation that you're probably never going to have. You know, you're going to probably order more food, buy more souvenirs, go to a bar, you know, those types of things. Then you would, okay, I want to meet such and such at this cafe so we could have a 30-minute conversation. No, unless you know friends in that country, the, the, the touristy things that you're going to do are probably going to be three-quarters of your language learning experience. I know someone that went to Egypt recently with her husband and and family members, and she said, you know, the men there in order, you know, it wasn't as accessible as people thought it was, and she was totally blind, and she's from Ohio. And I sat there and I said, you know, it's so amazing that you actually say this, because, you know, for someone that's disabled, you know, it's it can be a little daunting, especially if you're totally blind and you're a woman and you're going into an Arab country where women aren't treated the same. And especially if you have a disability. And I always make sure that it doesn't even matter if I'm going to another state, I need to know certain things because I'm not from there, you know, and that's fine. I'd rather be safe than sorry, um, you know, and like I plan on going to the Polyglot Conference in Mexico this year, so I'm going to brush up on my Spanish while I'm continuing to learn my Japanese and my Levantine Arabic for the year. And who's to say I would go to Japan anytime soon or Lebanon? But like I said before, if you live in a town where you have a variety of different people from all over the world, you pretty much don't have to go hardly anywhere in order to be able to speak those languages with, you know, those groups of people. And because there's a lot of people that are from Asia and from Africa and the Middle East and Latin America and Eastern Europe and Western Europe, that does help the situation a lot in regards to me being able to speak multiple languages, which is great. But at the same time, you know, it would be nice to travel, but then there's budgetary um, matters you have to take into consideration. If you live on a fixed income, for instance, and 70% of the blind here in the U.S. Um, and people who have low vision like I do, um, you know, we live off of um, Social Security. So we don't have the option to really travel unless we're going to school and you're doing an exchange where you're there for six months or a year. Um, you're also dealing with, um, you know, visas and passports and if you have a guide dog what that entails as well as far as shots and you know what what the qualifications are to bring your guide dog into the country and so forth and so there's so much that you have to do if you're disabled versus someone that 
has no disability at all. And, you know, a lot of people are careful as to where they go because a lot of rights in certain countries aren't afforded to people who are blind and disabled um, as they are in some parts of Eastern Europe, uh, Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, um, the U.S., North America as a whole. So you have to... um, really take that type of thing in consideration when you're going abroad if you're someone that's that's disabled especially if you're totally blind or you have limited vision and i know people that are high partial and they they go all over the world but they still have a tough time as well so It's kind of like a catch-22. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um, You know, I don't believe you have to go to another country in order to learn a language necessarily. A lot of it's you taking the time um, and having the motivation in order to be able to successfully um, learn that language independently. You know, your local library is a great resource. The Internet's a great resource. YouTube, um, TuneIn Radio, uh, Mango Languages, Transparent Languages, Colloquial Languages. All these are free. Um, you know, file sharing with people. You know, I've had that where people have shared Harry Potter books with me, you know, so forth and so on. And and that meant something to me personally. And, I mean, I have to say, yes, it can be uh, somewhat difficult if you don't have the proper resources in order to learn um, a particular language. But I have to say for me, I'm lucky because I found a lot of resources that were free. And, you know, I don't buy my friends language learning products because I know how to teach myself how to learn. And I've been doing it for over almost 30 years now. And I'll be 43 years old. So I look at it as if you want to travel, you can. There's wonderful opportunities to be able to do so. But don't think that you have to travel overseas to learn a language. You don't have to. You can do it right in your house for free. Now, if you want to buy Aussie Mill, Teach Yourself, Pimsleur, Michelle Thomas, um, you want to go to InnovativeLanguageLearning.com and subscribe to their stuff, you can do that. I've been using them for six years now. Um, I've been using Michelle Thomas for five, and I love it. But at the same time, I didn't have to become proficient in my languages to different degrees, whether it's A1, A2, B1, B2, even C1, um, without certifications. Um, Just by traveling to the country, it's not necessary. Um, But it is an experience of a lifetime, and if you actually have the opportunity to do so, I would. I would just be careful, you know, 
and and enjoy yourself and take everything in. You know, because those are experiences that you'll never forget. And I know plenty of people that have traveled the world and has changed their life for the better. They've met new friends. They found love. They even found a new home, a, a new home that they would have never found other lives. And so, you know, that's something that you have to really oh, think about for you personally. Is it beneficial for you to learn a language that way? Or can you just stay home? And that's something that every individual language learner has to um, ask themselves, you know. But it is a fun experience for those who have done it. And people continue to travel and they continue to broaden their horizons as a result of it. Um, And they studied their languages from home. And they went out and they, they used them. Now, that doesn't mean that if you go out to Morocco, for instance, and you're using your French and your Moroccan Arabic, that you're not going to mess up, that you're not going to make mistakes. You will. Everyone does. Even people in their native tongues make mistakes with their own native language. So don't think that you have to be perfect in order to be able to travel to the country. You don't. That's just a psychological barrier that you have right in front of you that you can just walk over and keep going. Um, but I will say, it's something that I would attempt at least once to say I, I, I've done it. Um, it is costly. So, you know, if you need to do GoFundMe, if you need to do fundraisers, you know, cookouts, you know, bake sales, clothing drives, whatever it is you need to do in order to raise the money, go for it. You know, do a small trip, you know, a weekender or a two-weeker or a week to somewhere that you want to go. Now, trust me, there will be some sacrifice involved when it comes down to wanting to um, save up for that. But if you're willing to make the sacrifice, you know, you'll never regret it. And, you know, I hope that this episode um, is a good one for you guys. Um, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Spotify. Um, and I'm also doing 35% off promotional code with michellethomas.com. So if you guys want to learn any of their 16 languages, you can put the promotional code Chanel, C-H-E-N-E-L-L. And when you check out, and you can get one of the foundation courses, intermediate courses, or the vocabulary builder for 35% off. And it's a one-time deal that you can apply this promotional code to any language that you want to learn. 
I thought I would put that out there for you guys. And also, um, enjoy the process. Language learning is a journey. So enjoy your process. Enjoy the experience of learning something new. It just didn't change my life. It changed countless others' lives as well by learning a language. So thank you guys. Thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this episode. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.